Waiting Game. A Good Omens Podfic, written by Entangled Now, read by Job. Summary In which Aziraphale and Crowley have been waiting for a while for God to reveal her plans for Earth. How long did she say it was going to be until the creatures she was working on were going to show up? Crowley asks. Oh, I think it's going to be a while yet, Aziraphale reasons. The idea of a frown drifts about the front of his skull, but faces haven't really been invented yet, so it's mostly abstract. Crowley makes an irritated noise and does another circle of Aziraphale's legs. He's not really designed to stay still. He's worn something of groove in the dirt. The huge claw at the front of his legs taps an impatient rhythm on the ground. Not for the first time today. I mean, how long is a while? Is this a while, as in we're supposed to check in every twenty millennia or so? Or is it a while, like waiting for her to get bored with ammonites? Aziraphale makes a pained noise. Crowley knows the feeling. She'd been bloody obsessed with the ammonites. The rest of Hell had taken to calling it her spiral phase, and had honestly wondered if that was just going to be it for the whole planet. Planet of the Ammonites. At least the single-celled organisms had looked like they were making the effort. They'd clearly been going places. I think they're sort of an endpoint, Aziraphale says. This is the journey, I suppose? He doesn't sound certain. Crowley gives a series of dubious clicks, because, honestly, he's starting to wonder if there even is a plan behind it all, or whether she's just trying out things which amuse her. His long head weaves on his neck, until Aziraphale tips his own down to regard him with one massive eye. He's forced to half out the lizard equivalent of a sigh. It's not that I don't find the walking lizards interesting. He lifts a scaly arm and flexes his claws. Look, feathers and everything, all sorts of colors. But they're not really... They're not really very smart. You can't talk to any of them. Aziraphale shifts against the tree he'd found to lean on, the grate of his massive bark shearing twenty feet of bark off. Still, it's nice to be able to mingle. If he'd had a face, the angel would be giving a nervous sort of smile right now. Crowley knows it. Mingle, Crowley says incredulously. Oh, it's all right for you. It's fine for you. You're fantastic at mingling. You're a fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex. You can mingle like Billy O. I'm a pack hunter, and every other velociraptor for a thousand miles has a brain the size of an almond. I mean, technically, so do I, but I fold up better. You think they have anything interesting to say about the nature of subjective morality? You think they are going to share their thoughts on the perception of linear time? On the futility of their short, violent lives? Aziraphale has the decency to tip his big, giant head in acknowledgement of Crowley's point, subduing him somewhat. 
Anyway, I'm just saying it's mostly lizards, isn't it? It's not like the Cambrian explosion. You slept through the Cambrian explosion, Aziraphale reminds him. Crowley does another fast circle of Aziraphale, giving a little hop over his swaying tail. I mean, yes, that's a fair point. Aziraphale opens and closes his mouth a few times, irritated, as if to dislodge an errant slap of Prontosaurus. A few trees in the vicinity shake gently. I told you not to tear big bits off of it, Crowley tells him. You always get excited when you find a fresh one. I think I have a bone stuck somewhere, Aziraphale says mournfully. Crowley gives an annoyed click and whacks him with his tail. All right, lean down, I'll have a look. Aziraphale folds awkwardly on his enormous back legs until his lower jaw meets the ground. Then he levers it open in a wash of chewed-up Prontosaurus. Crowley peers inside and has a quick look about the sharp, cavernous interior. Sure enough, that's a shattered Prontosaurus thigh bone at the back. He makes an annoyed noise and stretches in, narrow head slipping in between his teeth and pulling out a few giant splinters off it until the whole thing shifts. Then he darts his head back. There you go, try that. Aziraphale's jaws close with a bone-shearing crack, and there's the loud sound of crunching. Then a pleased noise of gratitude. I'm just saying, Crowley says again, you're still the best company on the planet, Angel. Aziraphale shifts a little in the dirt, in a way that seems awkwardly touched. His big head tips gently, until it can nudge Crowley's body with the force of a small car dropping off a bridge. Not that either of those things existed yet. They stand in silence for a while, until the quiet spatter of water falling on the leaves signals the return of the rains, which, once they start, don't tend to stop until they've washed at least one forest downhill. Crowley pulls his head in miserably. Aziraphale stretches his neck out, and Crowley shuffles under the shadow of Aziraphale's massive jaw with a short click of gratitude. And if he tucks in a little closer than necessary, lays a little more of his much smaller mass against Aziraphale's huge, solid underbelly, well, no one's around to tell. The end. Spotfig was recorded for the Non-Human POV Anthology Challenge for the first week of the Voice Team 2020 project, created by the Purple Potfig Eaters to appease our mascot Eolanthe, the Purple Dragon.